Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. We have a great show for you today with Leo McDonald Jr. of Carmody McDonald. But before we get to this episode this week, I got to thank my sponsors. First, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, the Tom James Company, and Enterprise Bank and Trust. And now, to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, I welcome Leo McDonald Jr. Leo is the principal at Carmody McDonald, a law firm here in St. Louis, Missouri. Leo concentrates his practice in taxation, estate planning, and business law, typically serving closely held businesses, not-for-profits, and wealthy individuals. He has won multiple awards as Best Lawyers in America Award with Tax Law in 2017-2019, to Trust in Estates in 2019, and corporate law in 2019. He is also very involved in our community, serving on the St. Andrews Charitable Foundation Board of Directors, the Animals Foundation Trustee, Top Vietnam Veterans Board of Directors until 2016. It is my honor to welcome Leo to the show. Leo, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I've, uh, I'm honored to be a part of the uh, STL Leaders Podcast. So uh, thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, Chris Rizika is the one who introduced us and uh, big shout out to him, thanking him for uh, the introduction to, to this. And I'm excited to kind of dive in on just your background and your law firm here in St. Louis and kind of your path to getting there and uh, now really running the organization. So I always kind of start with my guest on kind of starting what I, what I say in the beginning, right? So tell me about growing up here in St. Louis. I know you lived in St. Louis most of your life. Um, talk to me about that and then kind of your path to, uh, to school. Great. Um, yeah, I've, uh, spent my whole life here in St. Louis, uh, other than kind of the four years that I went to Marquette university of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I uh, grew up in university city, uh, with, uh, six other siblings. Um, we grew up in the house that my uh, dad grew up in. So, uh, we kind of got roots here. Uh, and actually he, I you know, grew up down the street from where my mom grew up. So uh, we're pretty well tied here to, to University City. Um, I uh, have been married uh, for 24 years, my wife, Laura, and we've got uh, four beautiful children. Uh, the oldest who's about 22 and the youngest who's about 14. Um, and so um, we're here in St. Louis um, and um, 
I went to grade school here um, and, um, you know, uh, and also high school here. So the infamous question, what high school did you graduate from? Oh, <laughs> uh, St. Louis Priory. Yes. St. Louis Priory. Okay. And then you, after, after uh, high school, you went to Marquette University. Is that correct? Tell me about a little bit about how you got there and kind of your experience there. Sure. Um, so I was never a great student in uh, grade school uh, and high school. Um, I really struggled kind of with uh, reading and writing and languages, uh, but really did pretty well in math and science classes. So um, kind of as a sophomore in high school, uh, I was kind of looking around um, the, uh, the high school I was in. Uh, we had A sets, B sets, and C sets, and I happened to be at the, uh, the bottom of the C set. Uh, and I was kind of looking around thinking, you know, I, I got to get into college here, so I got to step it up. So uh, with the help of uh, my parents and uh, a lot of tutors, uh, I really kind of buckled down and kind of learned how to study. Um, and uh, with that, I started looking around, uh, you know, kind of what I wanted to study in college. And I uh, joined an accounting club at um, uh, Monsanto uh, back in the day. It's a bear right now. Um, and uh, kind of saw that, hey, there's this profession, you know, accounting profession, which I had never heard of before. Um, so I took an accounting class in high school and loved it and decided to study accounting. Uh, and I looked around for colleges that, um, you know, had a good accounting program. And Marquette was one that uh, also did not have a requirement to have a foreign language. So I kind of knew that was the, the place for me. So uh, that's where I decided to, to head on off to Marquette. So you go to Marquette University, you graduate from there, and you join Arthur Anderson. So tell me what it was like to work for Arthur Anderson. I'm, I'm assuming that was a pretty good opportunity, great opportunity right out of college. Talk to us about working there um, when you graduated. Yeah, it was uh, a, almost a continuation of college. Um, you know, it was uh, a great place with, uh, I think in my starting class in the tax department here, there were about 18 people. So a lot of young, smart, you know, hardworking people that uh, we're all kind of going in the same direction. So it, it was a, a fantastic opportunity. Um, we all, you know, really worked really hard, uh, but also kind of uh, had a good time doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, that gave me a lot of, you know, great real world experience, kind of that first real job, you know, teaches you, you know, a lot of things that they don't teach you in, uh, in school. So, um, but you know, in addition to that, there was a lot of good kind of working experience, uh, a lot of good tax experience. I, I did work for uh, individuals and partnerships and uh, a lot of state and local tax uh, issues and corporate issues and trust issues and uh, pretty much anything you can think of, uh, we uh, handled there. Um, and so uh, kind of with that experience, um, usually there's kind of a, a pretty set path uh, in the, the big uh, eight accounting firms uh, at the time. Uh, you were a staff and then you moved to a, a, a senior and then you became a manager and then ultimately a partner if you stayed long enough. Um, so I was um, lucky enough to, to uh, get promoted uh, after just two years to the, uh, the senior position um, uh, at Arthur Anderson. So I uh, was having a great time and, and really liked the, the work and the people that I was working with. 
So what, so interesting question. What made you decide to go back to law school? Obviously, uh, sounded like you had a good, good thing going there. And then you decided to go back to law school and went to SLU. Is that correct? I did, um, you know, here in St. Louis. I, um, so with the uh, Arthur Anderson, um, when I was there, I, I kind of came to the realization that, you know what, to really be successful here, uh, you know, at Arthur Anderson, you needed to be willing to move uh, at, at really any time in your career. Uh, they had moved, you know, some partners, um, you know, who had been there for, you know, 15, 20 years. They, they moved them to Cincinnati. And it kind of opened my eyes of, oh, my gosh, you know, to really be successful here. You, it, it's a worldwide company. You had to be ready to, to move, you know, uh, you know, anywhere for, you know, the, your clients. Uh, so that was kind of one thing that kind of stuck with me that, um, boy, I'm, I'm really more of a St. Louis guy. Uh, really wanted to, you know, didn't really want to move anywhere else. Uh, really wanted to live here in St. Louis. So uh, that was kind of the first thing. The, um, the second thing is. Uh, at, the, at the time I worked there, I was single, so I was able to work the uh, the really long hours. Uh, you know, in busy season, uh, accountants you know will a lot of times work say 300 hours uh, in a month, uh, which is you know pretty much every day. You know, a, a good chunk of the day. Um, so again, as you're if you're single, it's uh, easier to do. Uh, but with uh, if you have a family, uh, I just didn't know how the people who were able to do you know uh, do the family plus doing the work. So. Uh, that was uh, another kind of hard thing. Kind of the, the last thing was um, the, the fact that the organization was so big uh, that it seemed like it'd be hard to uh, make a real uh, impact um, and, um, you know, hard for me. I didn't see where it would be hard, you know, easy for me to, you know, kind of bring in clients that were that big that could kind of use such a big you know organization so uh, I call that kind of entrepreneurial yeah uh, it, it didn't seem real real entrepreneurial so um, so I uh, with those kind of in mind I uh, didn't really know a whole lot of what attorneys did but my father uh, Leo senior uh, is a, an attorney or was an attorney uh, and I knew that uh, having a CPA was a, a great background for being an attorney. So um, I saw that my father had flexibility. And um, in the early 80s, they started this small firm, uh, Carmen McDonald. Uh, he and uh, three other attorneys uh, broke away from a bigger firm and, and kind of started their own firm uh, and really liked what he was doing. Uh, and he seemed to make a nice living doing it. So I thought, hey, you know, let, let's give it a try. And uh, uh, you know, since um, I knew I wanted to be in St. Louis, I thought St. Louis U was a great place to go to law school. Absolutely. It's a great, great, great school. So your dad and a couple other uh, people started Carmody McDonald back in the 80s, did you say? Yep. Uh, we are uh, celebrating our 40th uh, anniversary this year. So back in 1981, uh, uh, he and Don Carmody and Jack Hilton and then uh, uh, Tim Wolf uh, were the four young uh, attorneys at a, a bigger firm um, that kind of split up and um, they went their way and no one thought that those uh, four young people would ever last. And uh, <laughs> here they are. They've uh, uh, started, uh, you know, a, a, a wonderful firm. Yeah. I mean, 40 years, that's a big achievement. Congratulations on that. So talk to me about the firm. Tell me what you guys do. Uh, obviously, what kind of law you practice. And obviously, you started with four attorneys back then. But how many attorneys do you guys have today? 
Sure. Um, so my background is um, we kind of split the firm into to three kind of groups. There's the uh, corporate group, which I uh, lead. Um, then there's the family law group. And then there's the uh, litigation group. Uh, the corporate group has about 20, 25 attorneys in it. Um, and um, we, I, I do pretty much estate planning, tax, and corporate work. So I represent a lot of closely held business owners. Um, so uh, we also do a lot of banking and real estate and, um, and finance type work. So, um, uh, but uh, we have other attorneys here that do family law. So a lot of, you know, divorce and uh, prenups and things like that. And then the, uh, the litigators uh, get into all sorts of uh, commercial uh, and bankruptcy type litigation. So uh, we've got a, a nice variety, uh, depending upon what our clients need. We've got the, uh, the, the people with the skill sets to handle most matters uh, to the extent that it's something that uh, we don't do. Uh, we've got relationships with other people at other firms uh, that could you know, help us. Yeah. And something I think that's really interesting, and, and I maybe maybe a lot of law firms do this, but I not to my knowledge, they don't, is speaking of Chris Rizika, who introduced us, you guys recognized at some point that you needed somebody kind of on the ground, boots on the ground, going out networking in the community here in St. Louis, building relationships um, and essentially referring business into the lawyers in Carmody McDonald based off kind of what the needs of the community was. What, has that always been a part of your uh, your infrastructure, or was that something new you guys tried a few years ago? Or, or tell me the path to that. Sure. So we've um, so uh, being a smaller firm, uh, which uh, you know we're probably the twelfth uh, um, or you know largest firm in the city of St. Louis, uh, probably the biggest one with only one you know office here. Um, um, we've recognized that we didn't have corporate clients that we would have four and five attorneys work, you know, for one corporate client that would always be a client of the firm. So really all of the business that would come into the firm was, uh, from, you know, the attorneys that were working here. Um, so developing those relationships is really the way that we've found, uh, that legal work is, um, you know, is generated, um, and so we've always kind of spent the time ourselves, you know, kind of working and developing relationships. Um, but, um, we've always, you know, kind of wanted to have somebody that could help us, uh, you know, kind of assist us. Um, and we've, uh, tried working with a couple other people, but, um, really Chris Rizika has been an absolute fantastic addition to the firm. Uh, one that's really allowed us to grow. Um, he also, as we get bigger, is able to help kind of the younger associates uh, develop uh, their own, uh, you know, they call them books of business in, uh, in, in law firms, but their own books. Um, and, and really kind of reminds people of, you know, kind of best practices. Um, and so he's always out there looking for opportunities and looking for ways to introduce us uh, to other people. So, um, it's been a, a real success here at our firm and we've been blessed to, to have Chris uh, working with us. Well, absolutely. I think it was a very smart move. I, I mean, I don't know a ton about law offices, but I also know it's not like you can just pick up the phone and cold call uh, an organization and say, hey, do you need my assistance today? Right. Um, it's a it's a relationship driven practice. 
Um, and to have somebody like Chris, who's very, very well connected here in St. Louis, very, very well respected here in St. Louis, uh, to be out there and networking and just uh, being out there and present in our community, passing on the word that uh, of what you guys do and how you guys can help, I think was a really smart initiative. And uh, I think obviously sounds like it's been paying off with the organization. So that's that's great. Talk to me about 2020. Uh, obviously, a lot of organizations were were greatly impacted last year by COVID um, and still lingering a little bit here, uh, still into 2021. But how did COVID affect your firm, whether, you know, whether it was business in general or whether it was just, you know, employees and culture and having to work remotely? Um, I know going to court, uh, obviously, uh, at a certain point, I'm assuming that they're back in session now, but obviously you were doing that. I'm via zoom and things like that. How did, how did you guys manage 2020? Sure. So, um, um, our management committee, which I'm not uh, a member of the management committee, but our management committee did a fantastic job of kind of leading us, uh, kind of through, uh, with all of our input. Um, the, what we decided to do, um, we, you know, pretty much shut the office down. Um, and we all, you know, kind of worked from home. We were lucky enough that we had invested previously in a lot of the infrastructure to be able to work from home. Um, now, our firm culture, though, is a little different than some of the other firms in that uh, we do believe you know, pretty strongly that uh, working together in our office is an important part of our culture. Uh, it allows for collaboration, which we think is a really important part of the practice of law. Uh, not just for, you know, the partners, you know, working with each other, but also partners working with associates. So um, the, the technology, though, did allow us for a time being to work from home. And, uh, you know, kind of we thought that uh, we might have enough work for about a month, but we really didn't know what would happen, you know, after kind of the, the work that was in the pipeline, you know, whether it would, would dry up or not. So, uh, but we all, you know, started working from home and uh, we were able to, you know, work very efficiently from home uh, and it worked a lot better, I would say, than what we had expected. Um, but uh, we pretty much worked from home for about three months. Uh, and then in early uh, June, uh, we started having uh, people back into the office. Um, and then by kind of the middle of July or, uh, you know, we probably went to, an A team and a B team. So we'd uh, invite, you know, half of the office in for one week and then half of the other week um, to the extent that anyone didn't feel comfortable coming in for whatever reason they wanted. It didn't have to have, you know, uh, any real, real reason. If it was just, they didn't feel comfortable, we said work from home. Um, so we didn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable Absolutely. That, um, that they had to come into the office. Um, but we're probably up to uh, about uh, 70%, I would say, of people now working in the office. Um, in the business, I think with the stock market kind of rebounding like it did so quickly, I think that gave our clients kind of the confidence that, you know, they were still, you know, kind of needing things done. Um, and so we really haven't missed, you know, too much of a beat uh, on the, the business wise, uh, the business sense. Um, and actually have, have kind of started hiring some people again uh, Good. because we're, we're, you know, so busy. So we've been blessed. We, we absolutely are blessed. Um, we haven't had anyone get sick. Um, you know, the people have come down with the virus, but not, you know, passing it to each other and whatnot. So again, we've been, we've been, we feel very blessed, um, 
with uh, how 2021 or 2020 went uh, in our uh, outlook for 2021. That's good. Yeah. Um, sounds like you guys did a great job trying to manage that crisis and, um, but keep business moving as, as it needed to do for your, for your firm and, and just the economy in general. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. Um, can you tell me about some opportunities you've had to really strengthen your leadership skills? And the second part of that question is, what qualities do you look for in a leader? Sure. Um, <clears throat> being, let's see, so uh, at a law firm, your uh, attorneys are really, you know, a, a huge part of what you're, you're selling. You're selling your services. Um, so having great attorneys is really vital to our success. Uh, and that's, you know, something that we really concentrate on again, with the, the firm culture of, of having, you know, great attorneys. And, and we think that a large part of that comes from the mentoring uh, of younger attorneys. Um, so uh, when I joined the firm, um, you know, it would have been easy for me to kind of work just with my father, uh, but Don Carmody, one of the other founding uh, partners, uh, really made a, a point of having me work for and with other attorneys, although I worked a lot with my dad, I, I did work a lot with uh, other attorneys. Um, one of those attorneys is my, my law partner, Ron Rucker. Um, he's you know probably eight or nine years older than I am. Uh, similar background, he came from another big eight accounting firm, Pricewaterhouse, before he joined the firm. Uh, and we did a lot of the same type of uh, uh, legal work, a lot of estate planning, tax, and, and corporate matters. So uh, I was able to kind of learn from him. Um, he's got a, a great style um, and, and, you know, one that uh, is, you know, uh, really centered on being part of a team. Um, and he kind of equates it to being part of a basketball team and you all have a role to play and a, a part to play. And, uh, you know, communication is vital. So uh, that was kind of the, the, the first, you know, uh, step into it and, and kind of training for me. Um, being part of a, a firm, though, uh, in a smaller firm, uh, I had opportunities, though, to be on, you know, various committees. So I think the first committee that I was ever on, you know, my first year was the library committee. I was in charge of the library and uh, kind of keeping it uh, organized and ordered and, and things like that. So what, what I find is having people involved like that brings them in and, and makes them feel a part of, you know, the firm. Um, so in addition to that, I uh, worked on the hiring committee and strategic planning committee and the marketing committee. And uh, right now I'm uh, one of the heads of the, uh, the corporate practice group. Um, so those are the types of things where we're able to uh, exercise kind of leadership type skills, uh, you know, at the firm. Um, being a lawyer, though, also gives a lot of opportunities to, just in the profession to be a leader. Um, and so a lot of those are you get asked to be on a lot of charitable boards. Uh, so I've been on uh, you know, a contemporary dance companies board and 
preschool board and a grade school board and a Vietnam veterans board and a conservation board. And uh, right now I'm, I'm part of uh, the St. Andrew's Charitable Foundation, which is a, a great board that uh, helps uh, the elders here in St. Louis. Um, so again, it just provides great opportunity to use your skills to help you know, other people. Absolutely. So, um, so those are kind of, you know, some of the opportunities, some of the, the qualities um, of, of leaders that uh, I look for and like. Um, probably the, the number one uh, would be uh, leading by example. Um, so what I mean is that, um, you know, you, you see what they're doing um, and, and you, you see how they're acting. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, great qualities that you can see in a, a real leader, uh, hardworking, uh, one that, you know, doesn't really talk about other people, uh, who's, you know, kind, uh, humble, and then appreciative. Those are kind of the, the some of the qualities that, uh, that I find, you know, best in a leader. Absolutely. All great qualities for, for individuals. And especially when you're looking at leaders, I, you know, one of my favorite leadership qualities is like servant minded, where you're just willing to help others and, and do what you can to help others in the community. And just knowing that, you know, someday you'll, you'll be recognized for that, or it'll come back and pay off for you in the end. But having that kind of mindset where you're, you want to, you know, want to give back and, you know, want to lead by example and, and be passionate and caring are all good leader uh, qualities of good leaders. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, um, and and um, you know having those opportunities is really really a blessing. So absolutely, we'll always finish up this episode and these podcasts with kind of asking the leaders of our community uh, community for uh, advice advice that you would give anybody listening to this episode, whether it's about either going to law school, being a lawyer, or just life in general. If you could leave a piece of advice with anybody listening to this uh, episode today, what would it be? Sure. You know, it, uh, kind of when I was asked to uh, be a part of this, I uh, really enjoyed, I, I've listened to a number of the uh, SDL podcasts, uh, Brian, and really have enjoyed kind of this portion of the, all the other podcasts. So I would encourage your listeners to go back and, and to listen to, to uh, older versions of this uh, podcast. Um, but in a lot of the older ones, I heard a lot of advice on kind of business and financial Um and I thought I'd, I'd throw the ball a little bit differently um, and, and go in a little different direction and talk about how important uh, I think uh, your health should be uh, and the fact that you shouldn't kind of treat it as a given. Um, as, uh, you know, get a graduating from you know, law school and starting work, uh, I was always, you know, very healthy and uh, fairly skinny and uh, really um, stayed on a, what I call a college diet, uh, ate a lot of fast food and really didn't, you know, eat with a whole lot of purpose, um, uh, with, uh, getting married and have a number of kids. Um, your, your time gets kind of pulled in different directions and you really don't concentrate on, uh, diet and exercise. At least I didn't. Um, so I ate a lot of fast food and as I got older, it kind of started to catch up to, uh, to me. Um, one of the uh, important things that I did do is I started uh, to go get an annual physical. Uh, and at one of those early annual physicals, I can still remember the doctor pulling out a piece of paper and, and showing me kind of a chart of, as I get older, my metabolism will start going down and you know, you know what happens there. So 
he was right on uh, by the time I was, uh, you know, in my uh, late 40s. Uh, I had gained some weight and, um, you know, was not exercising and started to have some health, air, uh, health issues. Um, so, um, with those kind of health issues, I realized I really needed to change some things. Uh, and so, uh, with the help of uh, Dottie Durbin, who's over at BJC, uh, she's a nutritionist and a dietitian, uh, and then my wife. Uh, she always reminds me that uh, she's been telling me the the things that Dottie tells me for years and years and years. But uh, it takes you know listening to somebody else to to really hear it. Uh, I was able to really start exercising regularly and uh, stop drinking soda and, and really change my diet. Uh, she's got me uh, eating a lot uh, less red meat, uh, drinking a lot of water, uh, and eating a lot more fruits and vegetables. So it's not uh, rocket science. It's uh, pretty basic. Um, and, you know, kind of keeping it simple really makes it work well for me. So, uh, again, you're, you're, I would tell your listeners uh, that uh, they should put themselves uh, first and kind of concentrate on their health. Absolutely. No, I think that's great advice. And, um, you know, going through the last year of the COVID mess that we've been in there, I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts that talks about, you know, being healthy, um, watching your weight, watching what you eat, taking the right vitamins, all those types of things. You know, when they look at the research and the study over the last year, a lot of people that got COVID, I think the number is actually 78% of people that got COVID were uh, technically over overweight. Um, the people who, you know, so I mean, that's a pretty sizable number. So if you can uh, take care, care of your body and, and put the right stuff in it, um, it's just like a car, right? You wouldn't want to put uh, oil in your gas tank. It's not going to run very well. So you don't want to put, you know, bad stuff into your body. You're not going to run very well. Um, so I think that's great advice, especially for those who are in leadership positions that are listening to this episode. Um, you got a team that's counting on you. You got a family at home that's probably counting on you. And so um, you got to make sure you take care of your body and your health and yourself, uh, to make sure you can, you can stand up for that. So Leo, on behalf of the STLers podcast, I appreciate you coming on here today, talking about your, you know, growing up here in town, getting into accounting, switching gears to go into law and now, you know, running a, a really nice, uh, size firm here in St. Louis, giving back to the community, the way you do with your nonprofit organizations, um, and just kind of sharing your advice on leadership. I appreciate the time today. Brian, thank you so much for having me and uh, really do appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode was brought to you by NWO IT Services. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Donovan Quill.